0: A lot of coaches said I couldn't play at the collegiate level because I was too short. Mm -hmm. So that was like pretty tough on me, but I think that really just pushed me a lot and matured me a lot because I'm like, I need to get where I need to go.
1: Join the conversation with Tommy Weber. Pro and college baseball coach Tommy Weber brings you cutting-edge interviews and thought-provoking commentary in a weekly podcast dedicated to baseball, sports, current events, and the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and TommyWeberBaseball.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TommyWeberBaseball. It's time to get the conversation started, so here's your host, Tommy Weber.
2: From the Gotham Podcast Studio in the heart of downtown New York City, my hometown, Tribeca, the greatest city in the world. This is The Conversation. I'm Tommy Weber. Welcome aboard. Spring training has just about concluded. We're looking forward to opening day. Weather's getting a little warmer. My golf clubs are getting ready. Got an invitation to play golf next Tuesday, so you know uh, everything is kind of right with the world right now. We have a first here on The Conversation, someone someone who's very, very special to me. She is um, a... Uh, St. John's University women's basketball player, uh, an outstanding student, graduate school here at St. John's in the sport management. Mm -hmm. Uh, She'll be graduating in the summer, fast tracking it. um, And her name is Jasmine Cena. Jasmine, how are you? I'm great. Great to have you aboard. I'm excited. I want to tell you uh, what sort of inspired my my desire to have uh, a woman athlete on the show. Uh, way back when I was coaching, uh, I coached forever in college and I was coaching at Wagner College and um, the women's golf team every year would take a trip to Yale and they had this huge invitational at Yale. It was a great, great trip. And uh, our season will have uh, in baseball used to just about conclude. And that's when the tournament was. So every year, because I was so good at golf, I am very good at <laughs> golf, by the way, um, I they would ask me to take the team up. The women's team, So mm-hmm. I said, sure. I got to play the Yale golf course with them. So for me, it was a no brainer. Yeah, it was a great trip. And what I started to realize was the stark contrast between all the experience that I had had throughout all these years that I had coached men, the manner in which um, uh, uh, they spoke to each other about what they were about to do and about the other team and the difference, the stark difference that existed between how they did it and how the women did it. And I really felt this sense of, um, uh, I really admired the women. I started to really admire the manner in which they uh, approached the event that they were about to go to and how different it was from the men in that I didn't hear any talk that was essentially aggressive. I didn't hear any talk about uh, the future. I didn't sense that there was a lot of pressure on them to perform uh, as the men place on themselves many times because, uh, you know, men have tend to have aspirations to go and play professionally. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of concluded that, that the the paucity of opportunities for women in the professional ranks is a double-edged sword. Uh, obviously I, I wish there were more opportunities yeah. for women in the professional ranks. That would be great. But in a way I kind of don't because Um, It really allows for women in college to play for one reason and one reason only because they really want to play. Uh, Having fewer or almost no opportunities to make millions and millions and millions of dollars at their sport. It it, it almost gives them um, it takes a tremendous amount of pressure off them. And it was really refreshing to be around this group of young women. Who were going up to play golf, who just couldn't wait to get on the golf course, compete against other women, meet other women from other teams, interact with them, which is something you never hear the men say. God mm-hmm. knows. Yeah. Um and I, I wanted to um and and ever since that day, and that was years and years ago, I have always admired. Uh I recently, after class, checked out Saint John's women playing against the French professional team in soccer at Saint John's on campus. Mm-hmm. And I, I I just can't help but but feel good when I watch them play because I know that they're playing because they really love to play. And there seems to be a high level of camaraderie amongst the women that I don't see as much with the men because the men do tend to have a more um, self-centeredness, if you will. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that's a necessity because they're aspiring to do something beyond yeah. college. Um, and I and you are an outstanding woman athlete. You are the rookie of the year at Binghamton. You are. Uh, you know, freshman or conference, you know just a, a terrific basketball player and you're, you you just wound up in an outstanding you know basketball career at st john 's um and and, and you're going to move on and I just wanted to kind of get your take as being an elite athlete on my observation
0: okay um with that, I would say, I do agree a lot with what you have said, and I think playing at the college level i've learned a lot over my years that females in general are so elite in terms of how hard they play and how much they do really want it, and I think sometimes we are we are undermined in terms of comparison to the men because we don't get as much notoriety, I guess, right. outside of the sport. But right. that, but other than that, I I feel everybody's love for the game is very strong, and that's something that I've really admired about the sport, especially basketball. Um, coming into college, I had aspirations to play Division One since I was five years old. Um, my dad played professionally in Europe. And my brother played also at Scene Hall in Rhode Island. Um, and he played professionally in Europe as well. So it was just random in my family. It's in your blood. It's in my blood, yeah. So I just had this love for the game. And being at Binghamton a freshman year um, until being at St. John's now, I feel like I've really uh, grown and shaped into somebody that really admires um, the sport and has learned a lot um, from this game in general. And even with other sports you mentioned, we have a close relationship with other teams. Uh, something at Binghamton I really, really uh, loved about being there. It was a really good community. So all of my best friends were on the tennis team, were on the soccer team, uh, softball team, volleyball team. I had friends in all different aspects of athletics. Um, here it was a little bit different uh, just because it was my graduate year. I had one year here, so didn't have the same sense of meeting all different people. Right, um, right. Uh, so that was a little different for me. But I really did appreciate building those relationships with people because I think that will with me in the long run um, as well. Yeah, so it's been super fun. And I think being a female athlete is really empowering. Um, I'm the first woman in my family to get a Division one scholarship to any sport and go to a university to college. So that was really cool. And I kind of set an example for my younger family members to do the same. And I think that is something that I really am proud of myself for um, just because I think, especially maybe my culture as well, females don't ever have the opportunity to reach that level and being somebody that they can look up to now that yeah you can do this um, you're a trailblazer that's cool
2: (laughs) you are i mean it's it's a little bit trailblazing it is i mean you, you you can take credit for that i i and i don't say that in the sense that you're um Rosa Parks. But, you know, who is? Uh, So but you 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 have, you know, um, set an example for for other people in Mm -hmm. your in your family and your community and girls that look up to you to say, hey, if she can do it, maybe I can do it. And that's and that's what opportunity is all about. Yeah. Um, What what I um, obviously. uh, I the story I tell probably just was just about when title nine and, and really opportunities for women were, were starting to abound. You know, we had, we had an issue actually in the beginning. And when I was at Wagner college, I was coaching and, 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 you know, women's sports really became um, equal in, in uh, uh, quantity to men, certainly not quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt about it that mm-hmm. uh, men's sports probably still is better funded uh, than women's sports is as a whole, as a whole. But, um, um, that was uh, we used to have a problem because we didn't have enough women mm-hmm. to be on all the, to, to fill all the teams. So we had like two or three girls that would play on like six teams. Like if you were on the volleyball yeah. team, you were on the basketball team, you were on the women's <laughs> tennis team, other. And and in the beginning, that that was that took there was a lot of criticism for the movement mm-hmm. because that's what was happening. We didn't have the demand for the sport, but. The, the goal was, obviously, and the theory was, once we open up the opportunities, yeah. in time we'll fill it up. And that's that certainly has come to pass. Yeah. I see with men, all too often, especially in baseball, uh, which, which is the game that I've coached, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I see this in other games as well. Uh, because of the professional opportunities they have, uh, a lot of times I see young people, unfortunately, uh, because we've commoditized sports for mm-hmm. men, in other words, it's something you exchange. You know, you want to exchange your baseball for a contract. You want to exchange yeah. your baseball for a scholarship. So you you really don't, uh, a lot of kids aren't playing because they love to play the game. Mm-hmm. What happens, though, is I see a lot of kids who, because they don't adopt that incredible passion and love for the game, mm-hmm. if they don't get what they want out of it, they're bitter. Yeah. Now, I, I would imagine, and, and from what I've seen, I see fewer women that leave college athletics bitter, and I see more, many more mm-hmm. women like you who are thrilled for, the, for, for having had the experience, and you use words like community and relationships and all of these things that are going to be with you forever, yeah. whereas with the men, I don't see that as often. Speak to that.
0: Yeah. Um, it's actually interesting you said that because... Uh, my freshman year at co- in college, I played 40 minutes a game and I was playing a lot. And after I tore my ACL my sophomore year, uh, coming back was pretty tough for me and had to build my way up. And my role really changed um, as a player. I had played less minutes and I had to really develop a different style of my game. And I was sitting out a lot more and I kind of became a little bit bitter about mm-hmm. my playing time. And I kind of experienced that a little bit. And I think through just understanding and maturing and speaking with my coaches a little more, I began to understand the positive side of just being part of a team and just embracing every opportunity I had to be on that court, whether it was 10, 15, 20 minutes a game or 40 minutes a game. Um, I mentioned not many players can do that, of course. And I think my dad being a coach um, helped me through that as well. But I do believe Men do feel that way a little more just because they have so many different, so many aspirations to go overseas or go to the NBA. That's everybody's ultimate goal when they go to college, to be honest. Um, And when they lose that sense of, um, I guess, like pride, if they don't get to where they want to be, then they do kind of like lose that energy to give every single day in practice. And I think that's really like on the coaches to keep instilling um, that same motivation, whether you're going to play afterwards or not. There's still always a goal to reach. Um, and that's something that I've really had to, like, learn over my years. And I've definitely matured into a role of thinking a different way from that.
2: I call it uh, your athletic mortality. I think that uh, with the men, because of the uh, perceived pot of gold that's at the end of the rainbow, mm-hmm. the, end of the athletic rainbow, yeah, uh, which so very few people ever get to, <laughs> um, that when they see that it's not going to happen for them, they're mm-hmm. more likely to be less enthusiastic about the whole process. Whereas the women, because that's not an option. Yeah. They may be bitter because they got a bad break. They may be bitter because their coach doesn't like them. But Mm -hmm. one of the factors that doesn't make them bitter is they're losing a lot of money. They're not going to be famous. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a very seductive kind of thing when you, when you go to college, especially a a big time division one school like St. John's or, or any other schools in the big East or the sec or any of these big conferences, Um, These players know that, you know what, I'm kind of close to something really big happening and changing my life. Yeah. Whereas for women, uh, since they don't have that opportunity, I just even even when I see these retrospectives about women talking, going back, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, UConn or St. John's or wherever it is, Mm -hmm. they just seem so they seem so pleasant, optimistic. And cheerful about their experience yeah. and, that I don't see as often mm-hmm. with men.
0: Yeah, I definitely could see that. And I think, too, uh, being a female athlete in college and even just talking to my friends that play in college, they have they, they have different goals. So and uh, to be quite honest, playing a sport opens so many doors for you. So I'm honestly, that's one thing I'm thankful for, for is a network I already have from being a college athlete. Like so many of my friends do not have the opportunities that I've had because of the people that I've met. So I think um a lot of us are just honestly grateful that this just playing college sport in general forget about the memories that you've made and the games that you've played you just meet so many people that can create jobs for you afterwards mm-hmm. and I mean there's a quite there's a handful of people that get to play obviously overseas and WNBA and just still finish whatever aspirations they have athletic wise but um I think maybe that's why it's just like you have different end goal and we kind of use the sport as well as much as it uses us we use a sport too
2: yeah I feel it's a much healthier end goal and and to, yeah. and, and that that brings up this question um, what's something that um, let's say aspiring an aspiring young woman who's a good athlete mm-hmm. uh, and her crazy parents <laughs> who, who are lunatics yeah uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what what piece of advice what would you tell them they don't know they're in for? If they get what they wish for.
0: You're saying like college athletes, parents, right. On a men's side or women's, Oh, women's.
2: So it's, she's a really good woman's basketball player. Her parents are all in, mm-hmm. you know, because, you, you know, be careful what you wish for. As we, as we all know, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not all, you know, so what is it that you would say to parents, um, that they should sort of, that they don't know they're going to, their kids are going to get and have to do. Yeah, uh, because they think it's all going to be you know very glamorous. Yeah. What, what's the one? What would you, what cautionary tale would you Oof. give those parents and that kid?
0: Um, honestly, I think parents need to step away most of the time from Jeez, their
2: <laughs> for a long time. Yeah,
0: yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that too. Yeah, like um, six
2: years. <laughs>
0: I, th- I think it's really up to a, um their kid when they're first going to college to really show their character and their work ethic from the start. And if it, if
2: did you find that hard to do?
0: N- to be honest, no. I just feel like I.
2: But you were a rat, and you were a coach's kid. Yeah. So you were, and it was in. you know You had brother. I mean. Yeah. So you were really the outlier. I mean, it yeah. was it was probably for you. You were like like that's how I was. Yeah, know? it's like I, second
0: nature to me. Like, right.
2: I didn't think I didn't think work was work.
0: Yeah, but I, I've had teammates that have struggled with with that too. And what
2: about what about school and the Division One schedule?
0: Um. It is it is tough, and I think that, well, this is kind of cliche, but time management is like so important. Um, and to be honest, they gave us a lot of resources that we can use that help us, whether that being, um, tutors or the academic center and whatnot. So that's really helped me over my um years. And I I did economics as my undergrad, so that was like really tough uh for me balancing all that out. But at the end of the day, it's about prioritizing. So I always got my work done when it needed to be done, and. I was on top of myself and I had coaches that cared about how well we did in school. So I think that also like pushed me and my teammates to excel in the classroom, which I thought was like very important. Now I'm like really grateful for it. So
2: without naming names. Yeah. You know, other players that go to other schools. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Do you speak to them and do they tell you that where they go to school, it's not like that? That they don't have that kind of support. Is, is, is the support? Do you find the support to be universal, or do you hear from certain players, "Hey, you know what? I, you know, I wish I wish we had more academic support. I wish they would make it easier on us, or yeah, or, or that kind of thing."
0: Um, well, in terms of basketball, I feel like a lot of ba- Division One basketball schools give amazing resources. Friends that I've had that play other female sports do not have the same resources, and
2: oh, you think it's sports specific?
0: Yeah, I think. Oh, so. really? Yeah, I think that women's basketball does have the most, um, I don't know the word I want to like use, but they have the most like resources available to them in terms. And I think because they also do have a lot more, um, like shine in terms of being on more notoriety. Yeah. So I have friends that I've had that play other sports and maybe, and even at different divisions too. Like
2: women's volleyball is just not as popular as women's basketball. Yeah. That's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. So, and I think that might, um, kind of like be an outlier in terms of who gets, Better academic right. support and whatnot, um, but yeah, I, I think it just really depends on what your prog- who your program is and your coaches, coaching staff, and how much they really emphasize that. And I've had I've been lucky to have coaches that have pushed us to be the best, I guess, in that way.
2: So when you were a kid, right, mm-hmm. more of a kid than you are right now,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Who other than, other than your family, mm-hmm. um, who did you want to watch play?
0: Ooh, okay, well, she she's like a, fr- a friend that played professional. Is that, Does that count? Yeah. Okay. Um, so she actually played at my high school. Her name is uh, Deja Simmons. Um. And she was completely changed the culture of our basketball program from being the worst team in New Jersey to the best team and even had a national level. Oh, really? Best teams in the country, yeah. And she became a role model to me, and now she's like a sister to me. And she just her skill level was unbelievable, her work ethic. And that's somebody that I really admired um, a lot. And she continued to play. She actually had a, a unique college experience. She played at Rutgers, then Alabama, and then went to Scene Hall. Oh, wow. So she was at three different schools and now she's professional overseas. Um, just learning a lot from her was really important uh, to, to me as my growth, I guess, growing up as a kid. Um, and even girls, like even Maya Moore was like one one of WMA players who I absolutely like loved. She mm-hmm. played at UConn. Um, yeah, so there's just, like, always people like that that I really looked up to. I guess work ethic is something I've always admired in a player.
2: Did you play for your father?
0: <laughs> uh, it's funny. I actually played for him, but not for girls. I played on his guys' teams growing up. <laughs> 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 so that was really, like, an interesting thing. Did you argue? Um, not when I was younger. As I got, more, I got older a little more. But I, I honestly loved him being hard on me. But once I got to high school, I was like, all right, I think it's time for me to, like, Stand on your ground? Yeah. No, stand my <laughs> ground. Also, I'm gonna like just go on the female side. <laughs> oh, okay,
2: okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Um so it was it was definitely fun. But he's never really coached me on like a serious level in terms of AU or at high school. Um he's coached my brother and I've seen how that a clash. Yeah. Um yeah, that's tough. Yeah, for sure. So that's kinda funny. You know, there though. are some
2: sports where in I, I I'm not sure, I think in hockey where like you can't coach your kid more than one year in a row because oh really yeah which is a great idea and i and i give i give advice to all my ex-players now that have kids and you know Mm -hmm. they'll talk oh yeah and i say don't coach your own kid don't coach your own kid yeah every single one of them coaches their own kid (laughs) coaches their own kid (laughs) yeah they give me the same excuse the same excuse you know i can't let anybody else coach my kid oh god yeah
0: but in a sense you also have to be harder on them too and yeah it's tough it's It's a a lot of different it's
2: just a lot easier If somebody else coaches, (laughs) yeah, because you're going to live with them, so they're de facto their coach anyway. You're going
0: to hear it all day,
2: right? Right. So it's it's it can be it can be tough. Yeah. Um, If you, um, what would you change about uh, college athletics if you could change something? Is there anything that you, if I put you now in charge of, you know, athletics, what would you, if you were on the advisory board, what would you like to see changed?
0: I was actually thinking of this this week, which is funny you ask. Um, I really wish there were more networking opportunities to meet different professionals in the fe- like sports field, I guess. Um, even for women in general, uh, more specifically, um, I was even thinking of like creating like some panel of a bunch of different student athletes to come together and meet with sports professionals and have like an organized setting. I wish there was like different opportunities to grow outside of athletics, like look at the professional side and I do th- there are a lot of good networking opportunities but I wish there were more um I guess like panels to learn from because for me I've had to go out of my way to network a lot with people uh throughout college and just naturally just meeting people but I wish there was like a specific kind of like set in place thing that student athletes can go to and like learn from so they can have an idea of what careers they would want to go to so like college. a
2: like a like in student athlete support group
0: um. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess in a way, it's a
2: good thing. I mean, yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah. I, I, get, I get where you're going. So, yeah, because you have like uh, concerns. Your concerns are similar. Yeah, and same you know, aspirations. Same aspirations, and yeah. the strength in numbers, and you. Yeah, yeah that, that's that, and and you can create your own kind of. Ecosystem, you know, yeah. you, you you sort of like feed off of each other, and yeah. think good things come out of people convening who have similar interests, similar yeah. career goals. Yeah, maybe you get some like academic people, you get some professional people. Mm-hmm. That, I think it'll be a great idea. Yeah. And I think a good place to start would be at St. John's because they're, yeah. they're about that stuff. You know, they, yeah. they're a big enough university where that's something where I think if you did a proposal and took to one of the deans that they would they would think that that could be something of interest that they would do. Yeah, they really do.
1: You're listening to the conversation with Tommy Weber. We'll be right back. This episode of The Conversation with Tommy Weber is brought to you by ForMomALZ.com. Join the fight against Alzheimer's and support our good friends Hunter and Braden Bishop as they bring awareness to a struggle that many families face through their charity for mom Make sure to follow them on Twitter at hashtag 4 and for all your mortgage needs, call Northern Security Capital Corp., the New York area's most dedicated mortgage broker. If you're buying or refinancing a home, there's only one place to go. Call Northern Security Capital Corp today at 718 273 1010. And now back to the show.
2: So you've played for a bunch of coaches, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And you know my passion, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, coaching and managing and all that. You know, blah blah blah. I mean, I'm going to hear that. Uh, tell me, you let's say you have a coach you love. What is it you love about him or her?
0: Oh, there. I'm not. I love coaches. Like I, every coach I've had, I 99 of the coaches I've had have been amazing to me. And I think it's how much they genuinely care um, about their players is the biggest thing for me. I love to play for a coach that wants me to do, like exceed and do well, and has confidence in me as a player. And
2: how how does because you know this is my wheelhouse, right? This yeah. is my conversation yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. And, and I and I can't. I, I agree wholeheartedly. As a matter of fact, I just I was just on the phone. I was Facetiming with two of my guys who are in Pro Bowl right now. Mm-hmm. They just spring training's coming to an end, so we're talking about you know we're recapping. Yeah. And we talk like three or four times. We're on a group chat all the
0: time. <laughs> yeah. But
2: anyway, tonight, tonight we, we, you know, we, we spoke for almost two hours and they were talking, they were asking me about, you know, um, you know, they, they were making fun of some of their coaches and guys, you know, and and, and as we all do. And and I said, um, I, I said, well, you know, I, I think, I think a coach, I think a coach needs to convey to you that he cares. Mm-hmm. But, but it's not about him telling you he cares. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I think it has I to agree. be manifest in a way that, The coach isn't self-serving by saying, I care about you. Yeah. It's some act that happens in the course of a game, you know, a bus ride, a plane ride, a meal, whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. uh, where that guy exhibits to you that he genuinely, he or she genuinely cares about
0: you. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the phrase actions speak a lot louder than words. And I think that is really important in coaching and the relationships with players. Um, And for me, I think my coaches, yeah, necessarily haven't said like, well, my nickname is Mooch. Um, but, like, Mooch, you, you, on a, I really care about you. Like, that's never really been, like, a... I guess, like... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hope not. I don't not. think I've
2: ever said that. Yeah, like... <laughs> I, you know, uh, Steve, I really, <laughs> really care, care about you. Dude, hold on. Yeah. Time out. I'm, I really care about Bill. I just want you to know. That. I just want everybody to know. <laughs> 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 time okay. out. Time out. <laughs> 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 Could you imagine St. John Seton Hall's, yeah. uh, three minutes left in the game, they're time like, out. <laughs> like, Much, I really
0: care about you. You can do this. Okay. That's never really uh, how it worked. Um, I think, I think body language has a lot to do with like communicating, um, big time. Yeah. So that's something that I've really realized too. Um, you can just kind of send somebody's like presence, energy vibe when you're with them. Um, and yeah, so that's just been like important to me. Uh, I'm trying to think of like specific examples, but
2: how about this word? Yeah. I'm big into this. Yeah. Authenticity. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Being real. Mm-hmm. I think I think players love that. Yeah. I think they really... Yeah. I, I think players get... I mean, I, I, as a player, I would get turned off by, like, the screaming lecturing guy, you know, who constantly... Mm-hmm. Kind of like, like, the pious guy who's, yeah. like, Mr. Morality and all yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know? I want a guy or a girl who's real.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, I completely agree. I think... And I think you can sense that in a person kind of right away. I mean, some people may not be able to, but... I think you can tell when somebody's really being genuine and authentic right. uh with you. And that goes a long way, I think, in coaching. And I think that's the type of coaches that have winning programs. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're not real with your players, they're not gonna respond to you in the most successful way. Amen. Yeah.
2: Amen. <laughs> and and you're right, because it's funny because um somebody once said to me, you know, uh, Look at you know, he, he's been a coach for a long time. He goes, you know, I really fe- I really judge what I've done based on like my players stay in touch with me. My players mm-hmm. text yes. me. My players email yeah. me. My players say thank you. My players say I love you. My, my, yeah. my goodness. Or or. <laughs> yeah. You believed in me. You know, thanks for believing thank, in me. when yeah. Nobody else did that kind yeah. of thing. And so I, you're right. I, I, It's always about, you know, you can always kind of prove your medal and prove your success by virtue of the affection that your players have for yeah. you and i and i think it i'll tell you another thing i i think talk, talk to me about this i think it's important your players like you oh for sure i mean there used to be well all i want my players to do is respect, respect me, me. I, well, yeah i don't know who you respect that you don't like you know i <laughs> yeah. I, I think i want I think my players hand to in like, hand. Me. like- yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, if you, I mean, if you don't like your coach, how are you going to give your 100%, 110% every single day to that person? Right. Um, you're not going to be, if if you respect a friend, you're not going to not like them. And it, it's kind of weird. Right. Um, but, yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's important to, like, find that balance of, like, building that relationship to the point where, okay, like, I respect and I also admire. I like this coach. I look up to this coach. Right. And I think a lot of that is not just telling them what to do or talking to them. I think it's just leading by example as well. And like, if you like the actions that your coach is taking, then you're gonna.
2: That's a great. great admire point. them. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. You, I think it's important that you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, "I want my players to be like me."
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
2: That's. I mean, it's not easy to do. Yeah. And, and we don't do that every. We don't feel that every day. Yeah, for sure. But I think that in earnest, if you could say, "You know what? Okay." Yeah. I'll sign, I'll, I'll sign my name to what I did today. Mm-hmm. And so my players can admire what I did. I'm really, I'm, I, I'm okay with that today. I mean, obviously it's not every day. Nothing is every day, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you could do that a lot, I I really think your player, you're right. I think your players, when you really need them to step up, mm-hmm. that's when they're going to step up. Yeah. Um, you can't, I, I don't think you could force young people to take a bullet for you. Mm-hmm. They have to want to. Yeah. They have to want, and I think that's, you know, all things being equal, you can't have a terrible team. If you have a terrible team, no matter how good a coach you are, yeah. that team's going to be terrible. Yeah. So you got to have if if but if you have good enough players, mm-hmm. I don't know that you could accurately measure the impact of them really wanting to do well for you. Yeah. That is a huge, that's like, you know, 1980 Olympic hockey team kind yeah. of stuff. That's what makes yeah. epic teams. Yeah. You know, we want to win for the, this guy. We don't want to let this guy down. Mm-hmm. You know, we see all he's done for us and how much he cares. You know, let's let's win this for him. So yeah. I, I, I don't think you could measure that. I really don't.
0: Yeah. And I'd kind of compare it to when building leadership within your team and having that captain role. And I've been a captain actually since my sophomore year of college. So sophomore, junior, senior, and then my graduate year. So four years out of my five years, I've been a captain. And I think that even it's kind of goes the same way. If you don't respect and like me, and I've had really strong relationships with all my players that, I mean, my teammates, Um, to the point now, like I talk to them as much as I can. And I really do care about them. And I've invested a lot of myself into the program because I want us all to be successful. And I think um, if you can get your teammates to buy in to you what, how, like how well we want to do as a team. And then that kind of goes up to the coaches. So I think it's like a collective kind of effort and it's important to have that leadership on the team to help the coaches out a little bit too, in terms of.
2: You should, you should be lecturing the men's teams. Yeah. You just, you you got it. No, you really do. You know, you know, you you could tell oh you're a coach's kid. You could tell you only a a a rat, only a rat. And yeah. I, I obviously I use that, you know, I, yeah. I mean, that's to, when people say you were a rat. That's yeah. like the greatest compliment. <laughs> and a coach's kid, like my father was a coach, you know, yeah. so, Um, So you can only be I think that's that's a very, very special way to grow up. And I think it really imbues you with a maturity mm-hmm. and, and, and a, a wisdom that other kids don't get. Other kids just yeah. play, but when you're when you when you get that bug and you just need to do it, you know, and you, yeah. you you're like bas you know, you're jonesing for a basketball. You got to make free throw. You got to you know yeah. get your work in. Um, and you got a, a father that's a coach. Yeah, I think you're set up pretty well, and and, yeah. and certainly manifests itself, um, in in the way you carry yourself. I'm really impressed with 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 your responses. As a matter of fact, today in preparation for this, um. And I probably prepped more for this than for any of my my conversations (laughs) because I I don't know. I mean, I'm not a basketball player and I wanted to make sure that I I knew what I was talking about. (laughs) Uh, And I saw your interview after you were named Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And I've done a lot of radio and TV, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I I like to talk. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got to tell you, I was so impressed as here you are as a freshman.
0: Yeah. You make
2: your speech. Right. And then the press is asking you questions afterwards. Yeah. And you're handling it like a, you know, a 12 year WNBA <laughs> veteran as a, you were probably an 18 or 19 year old kid.
0: Yeah, I was 18 at the time. Right.
2: And the, I mean, yeah. your answers were quick. You you made eye contact. You, yeah. uh, you, you know, you kept it short. You were well spoken and articulate. It was really impressive. You really were like a veteran. You It, <laughs> it looked more like you were a coach. Yeah. All right. There it goes again. There's that captain coach mentality. Yeah. Then 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 a player. Speak to that a little bit. I mean, um
0: do you, well, remember that, you
2: remember that day. Yeah,
0: it was actually one of the best days of my life. I'm not gonna lie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I it would be of mine too.
0: Yeah. Well, for me, so my senior year of college, I didn't have any scholarship offers. Of high school. Of oh yeah, I'm sorry, of All high right. school. And I went through a rough recruiting process um because of my height. A lot of coaches uh said I couldn't play at the collegiate level because I was too short. Mm-hmm. So that was like pretty tough on me but I think that really just pushed me a lot and matured me a lot because I'm like I need to get where I need to go because this is my this is my goal and I want to reach it and I've been working every day just as hard as anybody else but I'm not going to let my height d- deter that. So I think when I got to my freshman year of college and I received that rookie of the year and I've kind of had interviews that whole year too just being my coach's first recruit at that job Uh, it was her first year as well oh really so we came in together which was really special that's cool Um, and she's the first coach that really kind of believed in me as a player to play at that level
2: there it is again believed in me
0: yeah exactly that's big yeah and and um I it was just such a special bond with her um and I really grew a lot that year and I've got to experience a lot of like post-game interviews and she kind of set me up for success in that way and when I received that day, it was like amazing. I feel like everything I had worked for was just rewarded at that moment. And um, yeah, just in receiving that award and talking to everybody, I just was real. Like I was authentic. Like a lot of times I, my answers are short, but it's because I kind of know what I really how I feel about everything. Right. I really reflect a lot. And I think that's important too, as a player, like after games or practices or meetings or whatever network I'm going to, I really reflect reflect on myself and What I could have done better, what I did well, or just like think about like things like that in general. So when questions are coming at me, I kind of have already had that thought process in my head.
2: Yeah, you could be in our group chat because you get it. Like you, you have this soulful side of you. You do, you, yeah. You know, I, I, are you? I don't know if you're a spiritual person.
0: Um, yeah, a little bit. I, yeah, I do well, have that side. Well, if
2: you're not, you are a spiritual person because a yeah. lot of what you say is really soulful and really mm-hmm. cool. You know, like my musician friends talk about reflecting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but you do. I mean, that's yeah. that's. Re- I I think you need more of that in sports because yeah. I think I think we're. I think we're way we, like, especially in the West, in America, it's like way too hyper macho, and yeah. you know, it's it's very bang your head up against the wall kind of stuff, and yeah. and the stuff that I think really is not only um, gratifying. But also that frees you up to really perform well mm-hmm. is when you get like you dig deep and you find it in your soul. And, you're really, yes. you know, when you say when you say she believed in me, I mean, think about the gravity of that statement. When, mm-hmm. Think about how important it is to have someone, how many people in your life really believe in you? Yeah. There are people who will employ you. There are people who will trust you. But, but believe in you. Yeah. That's a big word to use. Yeah. Uh, and tell me why is that? I think I know why, because I, I feel like I had people, obviously, mm-hmm. like like I know my some of my players have believed in me. I had coaches mm-hmm. who believed in me as well. Yeah. Why do you think it's so important?
0: Um, I just, I don't know. I think it just really, that person really embraces you and who you are and your, everything you're about and your character. And it just it elevates you to a new level that you. I don't think I could have even reached if I didn't have that person believing me the way they did or pushing me the way they did. And...
2: I'm going to throw something in. Yeah. And they're not obligated to.
0: Yes. And I think. That's
2: big. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? You know, your parents are always going to tell you how great you are. I mean, You, you know. Yeah. Even one, most one. You want. Of course, that's their job. They're yeah. legally bound to do that. Yeah. But when it's something, when it's somebody that doesn't have to. Yeah. Now it could really take on a very, very special uh, quality. Yeah.
0: No, yeah. that's so right. That's so true. Um, they're choosing It, it, it just you. comes from the heart. like. Right. And and that that's really important, and especially for me, I think that's something that I've really like embraced a lot too. And even um, Joey T at Saint John's, like he's he believed in me as a person coming from the Air America East to come to the Big East. That's a really big jump. Yep, yep. And even just for that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna work my butt off to
2: didn't have to, didn't yeah. have to take you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Chose you. Yeah. That's big.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, I've been so lucky with the two opportunities that I've had in college. Um with two coaches I really did believe in me and I mean I've obviously struggled um at moments and stuff and throughout my last 5 years playing but I think overall I can't it's good to struggle. Yeah. It's
2: part of the fight. Yeah, it's exactly. It's part of the fight. Yeah. Uh did you play other sports?
0: Um not in college, not in high school, but in middle school I played a few other sports. Uh I played like tennis and so softball. So you were really
2: focused. On... I I
0: played every se- basketball every season. Wow. I didn't have when I'm I probably had like the longest off week was like a week.
2: I love it. <laughs> well, you can't seasons. get good at something if you don't do it a lot.
0: Yeah. I No, I loved it. And when I wasn't playing, I was watching my brother play. Like, Wow. I was really dedicated and I think I sacrificed a lot with basketball, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't have treated that for the world. What do you want to do? Um, That's what I'm trying to figure out now. Um, me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> actually, you gave me some really great advice. You said to just have conversations with people and Learn what their jobs are and where, how they like how they like what they do and whatnot. So I've actually been taking that on and I've been talking to like a lot of different people. Um, the AD, uh, Mike Craig, has mm-hmm. helped me a lot actually in kind of figuring that out. Um, I was thinking maybe like public relations in sports or broadcast media, um, but I'm just honestly so open minded about anything. I generally just want to be in sports um at the yeah, pro- you, professional you,
2: level you, uh, whatever you do i think whatever you do you're going to be great at and um i i think you're a natural to speak so i love the idea of broadcast media um i think you'd be terrific and i think you'd have a lot of fun with it even if you didn't do it forever mm-hmm. i think it's something you, sh- you should dabble in you know the game so well yeah uh and you present so well you just get behind a mic and start thinking about you get yeah <laughs> I, you know i did it at saint john's i did the uh, color commentary for three years and people said, were well, you nervous? I said, what do you talk about nervous? It's the conversation <laughs> I've been having my entire life.
0: Yeah, it's just so natural. Right. right? They put a microphone yeah.
2: and I just start talking about baseball. I mean, yeah. If you asked me to talk about like brain surgery or string theory. <laughs>
0: that's when you get nervous. I would be nervous
2: <laughs> um, because that's above my pay grade. But basically I've been mean, having this conversation since I'm six years old. Yeah. Um, what? Let's have some fun. <laughs> what um, we're gonna play quick pitch. Well, what would we? What would, okay. we well, what would we call it if you're a basketball player? Let's call it. Um, what what would be like quick pitch? It would be fast break. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. call it fast break. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> what is? Um, what's your favorite food?
0: It's I love food. Um, I would have to say Mexican.
2: Okay, burritos, tacos. Yeah. Okay. Good. Me too. I love burritos, tacos. Yeah. Not my favorite food, but it's certainly I I could eat I could eat Mexican food every day. Yeah. Um, what is the last show you binge watched?
0: Grey's Anatomy.
2: You binge watched the, the whole...
0: Well, I'm still on it. it it's unbelievable. Is it
2: like 32 years? I mean, no,
0: I, yeah, I'm i like struggling to finish this, to be honest. Um, because I I'm, Are you
2: tired of it by now? Yeah, really? but I'm
0: like, I already started it, so I have to finish.
2: Isn't that awful? Yeah. You're enslaved to I a know. television program. I know. Oh, it's, my God. Yeah, it's bad. Um, What uh, if you had like... Um, if you had like a couple of movies, you're on a desert island and you had only a couple of movies that you could take with you, <laughs> what would they be?
0: Um, I would say one of them being The Dark Knight. Um, That's with, a good movie, yeah, with the, the Joker. That he was
2: really good in that.
0: Unbelievable. One of that my was, favorite that movies. That was a little
2: disturbing that movie. Ever.
0: Yeah, it was, but it was really good. But it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that would definitely be one. Um, I love comedies. I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, that'd be my number one, I have to say. Uh... I can't think of anything off the top of my head right, right. now. What yeah. about
2: what about um? What's your choice of music? What's what's like on your headphones when you're warming up before a game?
0: Um, before a game, hip hop, rap. Right. Uh, day to day, I love R and B. Okay, yeah, like who? Um, I can't. I love music. You can not even ask me that question. I could list you like thirty people. They're all my favorites. Give me two. Um, R and B singers. Anybody? Oh my god, this is so hard. Um, I love the weekend. Um, party next Saturday tour. and Sunday. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday, Friday and Sunday. I know who
2: The weekend. is. Oh, okay.
0: I know. I'm actually a really big throwback person, too. Like, I love throwback music.
2: Marvin Gaye?
0: Mm, More like Biggie Smalls, like Tupac. That's throwback? (laughs) Yeah, to me.
2: Jesus! Oh boy! Oh my God!
0: Not not throwback, throwback, but like you know, like nineties nineties yeah, music. Okay. That's
2: more like tossback. Okay, like that's throwback. what I'll
0: call it. I'll call it tossback.
2: <laughs> All right. So, um, not you. Want, you're not related. You can't pick anybody you're related to. Okay. All right. Uh, you could have three dinner guests, and uh, i thought this question. They before. have to be deceased. Oh man. I'll let you do both, but to go, I want deceased first because deceased? obviously
0: you have a, a I, greater
2: population from which to choose <laughs> than people that are I, alive.
0: I was ready for this question because I think about this all the time and I have three that were on my mind already. And that would be Shaquille O'Neal, Ellen DeGeneres, and uh, who is, <laughs> I know this is like really random.
2: You'd be on that s- silly show that she has where you get. Yeah
0: she's hysterical Shaqu- Shaquille Nelson No
2: that game show That she has now Where she abuses Those poor people Oh
0: yeah when they like Fall from the ceiling oh and, like like god could...
2: Somebody's gonna Break their neck yeah. <laughs> Oh my god Oh my goodness
0: That's really funny Um, And Kobe Bryant
2: The black mamba Yeah I'm fascinated by him Yeah me he, too He's a guy that um, I, I think I said that I said he and Jordan Would have to be They're the two guys I've seen play basketball That like I, I don't I I wouldn't want to play against them. Like, yeah, like those are two guys that are just mean and just yeah uh, focused enough. Mm-hmm. Like they can't, they wanted above all else to step on your throat, and that's a coach's dream. You want yeah. those guys, man. They're yeah, a great guy. I love Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um. So now three deceased.
0: Oh, this is so. Can you give me? Can you give me your three deceased first? I just want to mine. Yeah. <laughs> see it's a hard question it's not easy
2: uh, what kind of stupid question is it?
0: yeah I know that's what I'm saying like it's kind of <laughs> tough <laughs> I would say uh, well
2: I, I probably Michelangelo
0: oh yeah I remember you mentioning yeah, that I would you say like Michelangelo uh,
2: I'd probably want um, I'd have to go with Elvis
0: okay that that's a really good one yeah, Elvis, I feel like musically you, you can know what John just learn,
2: Lennon said right
0: so much for before him.
2: anybody did anything Elvis did everything yeah so um and he changed the... Elvis literally changed the world. So that that's somebody I would have. My third would be... Um, I don't know. Um, tough, tough. Maybe somebody like... Uh, I wouldn't mind speaking. I, I think I'd have to go with like like Socrates or Plato or somebody like... that. some really big brain... Yeah. Ep- epic guy. So you can like yeah, learn that, a lot like, from... Right. And I could...
0: Okay, I choose the same exact
2: thing. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Oh boy, story of my life. Story of my life, right there in a nutshell. (laughs) Um, So, um, you've had a lot of. uh, Well, in the interest of full disclosure, Mm -hmm. okay. So, you've had a lot of professors. Throughout mm. your, uh, college, <laughs> your college career. So, yeah, I mean, I just you know, you don't feel any pressure or anything. Who's your favorite yeah. professor?
0: Um, I don't know if you know him. His name is Tommy. Um, he teaches my, one of my sports management uh, classes for finance. Um, he's a really good professor, teaches a lot about life in general, which I think a lot of teachers don't do. You know, a lot of application to life. But no, seriously, you've been one of my favorite professors oh. so far, so well,
2: you're, I've been you're, enjoying it so far. You and almost all my students, you know, one of the great things, just like co- teaching is coaching, is parenting, yeah. is mentoring, is all those things. And uh, the reality is it's made best when you have great players and great students. And I've mm-hmm. been blessed to have both. My my experience at St. John's has been uh, an absolute delight. And the graduate school mm-hmm. uh Yes, I actually teach in the graduate school. <laughs> yeah, um, the graduate school is even because I think students are more—they're um, just cooler. You know, you kind of know where you want to go. It's—you're yeah. not taking courses that aren't in your major anymore. Yeah, uh, you're mature. Yeah. You've graduated, and um, so it's—it's it's really been a, a very very hip I- experience for me. Um, uh, and I can't thank you. I I knew you were going to be a star. I (laughs) I just knew it. I I absolutely knew it. And now I'm going to have you on again because um, like a lot of, um, well, not like a lot of your classmates, but (laughs) uh, you know, you guys and girls make, uh, make it really delightful for me to stand up and and tell jokes for, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, make you laugh. Uh, you gotta make him, you gotta make him laugh. Yeah. You know I mean? I, and yeah. I
0: love to laugh. So yeah, yeah.
2: right. Right. I mean, people it's like umpires. You take it too seriously. Like, dude, really don't be such a drag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have Freddie Mercury queued up, man. Um, so, um, uh, Jasmine seen my, uh, Sport management student, uh, going to graduate in the summer. I can't thank you enough for being a part of the show. The first woman, uh, (laughs) and you're going to be a tough act for any other woman to follow because Uh, you're a superstar. You really are. You're a rock star. You're going to do great at whatever you choose to do. Uh, I know a lot and I know best, um, Young people and and how good young people are. And you are absolutely one of the best. You're a delight. And I can't thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Um that's a wrap for uh everybody here at the Gotham Podcast Studio. I want to thank you so much for stopping by and listening to this delightful young lady. We're gonna follow her uh and all of her successes in the future. So, um, mom and dad, love you.
0: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
2: You bet.
1: For listening to the conversation with Tommy Weber, have any thoughts on today's episode? Ideas for a new one? Join the conversation on Twitter at Tommy Weber Ball or Instagram at Tommy Weber Baseball and share your thoughts. Tommy's back next week with a new episode of the conversation. Subscribe and listen for free at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And of course, always at TommyWeberBaseball.com.